Life is so. Okay. You guys ready for? Yeah. Who does that? Who bends it down like that all the time? <laughs> okay. Are we ready for Wednesday gathering? Let's uh, let's sing Trust and Obey. We're gonna try because we have some technical stuff going on. <laughs> oh, yeah, louder if you can. Father, we thank you for this evening, Lord. Again, we approach your throne of grace, and we thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. And we thank you for your salvation that provided for us. We thank you again for that. And Lord, we uh, just pray that you would be with us this evening and uh, uh, help us to learn more in your word and uh, help uh, Pastor Lynn um, 
teach us the Bible. <laughs> and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're short quite a few people tonight. Some are traveling, some are getting ready to go to the doctor, some are sick. It's just one of those nights. Yeah, I got one up here too. Apparently it must be that time of year when they start coming over from the fly uh, from the feed store. <laughs> You're trying to get out of the heat. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you know what, Kathy, would you bring me your copy and get another copy, please? I neglected to bring mine out of the office. I need the, I need the verses. Um, we're going to look at the fall of Babylon and, and it's so, it's so interesting. Some of these passages and how some of this is put together. You know, the aged Daniel is standing and, and he's listening to this king's offer in these first few verses, and yet he's not going to be bought at any price. So if someone would read those first passages, verses 17 through 24 of chapter 5 in Daniel. Countless from the temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines, drank wine for them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see, heart, hear, or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand of Okay, so Daniel's laying out the field work for what he's getting ready to tell him. Um, Daniel's thought process is why should he be bothered thinking about any of the trinkets that, you know, uh, Belsajar is going to try to offer him. You know, for, for 80 years, Daniel's been faithful to God. So you have this 
old prophet standing before him, and he's trying, Belshazzar thinks he has something to offer him, and he doesn't. Um, he really didn't, because that very night, his kingdom was going to be taken from him, and he was going to be dead. But he doesn't realize that yet. He knows something bad is coming. He sees the gloom and doom, but he doesn't, he doesn't grasp that concept. So one of the things that take place is we need to remember the practice of offering those gifts has been there for years. And it's corrupted a lot of governments and a lot of businesses across the board. Daniel said, I'm not going to have any part of it. Um, in the next few verses that we look at, we're going to be reminded he, that, that Daniel's He's trying to remind Daniel right here in this part that he had a duty to explain to him what he needed to hear, what he what Belshazzar needed to understand, but he's trying to get him to understand he was not at the place where he could be prideful and arrogant like Nebuchadnezzar was. Nebuchadnezzar at least had a reason for being puffed up about himself. Belshazzar didn't. And yet he was taking credit for things that he had nothing to do with. And that's part of the problem. Um, if you go back and you look at uh, Moses and Samuel and Paul, none of those guys ever took gifts that were offered to them because of the fact that they weren't worried about that. They were more worried about what God had told them to do and what God had told them they needed to complete the task. And Daniel was just like they were. He was faithful to the task, he was faithful to the truth, and he was not worried about any monetary gain when it came to that kind of thing. That servant of the Lord was true to his calling. So that was something that Daniel was staying firm with. Um, this pride and arrogance that he has, there's a statement in that very first passage Um, he said, but you, oh, uh, but you, his son, O Belshazzar, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all these things. You knew this, and yet you still refuse to be humble. Pride and arrogance is what took him down. Daniel's sermon, if you want to call it that, was pointed and pungent and straight and he was talking about power, he was talking about pride, and he was also setting him up for the punishment to come because that's exactly what he's going to tell him. Daniel's ministry was a remarkable demonstration of his faithfulness to God. The whole point of his message was Nebuchadnezzar, with all of his greatness, all of his power and everything else, he was brought low by God. He was taught a lesson by God. And he was given another year at the very least to watch over his kingdom after he came to the realization of who was, who was large and in charge and who was not. It was not Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel drove home the application of this information fearlessly and straightforward. If we look at 522 and we go back a little bit, he says Daniel's, his sin was even greater because of his pride and arrogance than Nebuchadnezzar's. And that's an interesting thought. Um, the king sinned against knowledge, but 
Nebuchadnezzar had a different kind of knowledge. But Belshazzar had the knowledge of what the king had done, and he still didn't make the appropriate choice. So that was a problem. Today, we understand that all sin is sin. There is none greater than another, even though we tend to judge those things differently. Um, but Daniel is trying to get him to understand that your punishment is going to be proportionate to your ignorance and arrogance and pride. And that ultimately was death and taking his kingdom away from him at the same time. Romans 128 says, Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what they ought not be done. This happens over and over and over again. Is man's sinfulness not cyclic in nature? We saw it with the nation of Israel. We saw it with all these other nations that Israel is going and conquer. And it still is happening today with the nations. In Romans 1.21, he says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Man's hearts are darkened today, still. You know, the, 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 the truth really escapes a lot of people and they only hear the truth of what they want to hear. And that's really problematic. Belshazzar knew how God had humbled his grandfather and he just was not going to listen to it. And we have to remember, you know, Kathy Travis asked a question last week about was it his father, was it his grandfather? We have to remember when it was said his father, that could go back several generations in scriptural times. So it was actually his grandfather, not his father. Second Peter 3.5 says, but they deliberately forget that long ago by God's words, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water by water. You have to remember, think about the talents, the parable of the talents. It says this in Matthew 25, 26, and 27. The parable of the talents where the employer said to his slothful servant who misused the talent, thou knewest and thou oughtest therefore taken and put the money on deposit at the bank rather than digging a hole in the ground and burying it. So if he was supposed to be such a hard taskmaster and that servant knew it, then why didn't he take the appropriate action? And that's what Daniel is telling Belshazzar right here. Daniel's word in verses 23. Do you think that took courage on Daniel's part to say those things? I would think it would have. I mean, he's, a, he's an old man now. He's standing before the king, and he knows without a shadow of a doubt the king can take his head off. But he tells him, you know what? Your pride and your arrogance is your undoing. And it's going to take you down. Um, but don't you think because of all the things that he saw with Nebuchadnezzar through his life that he thought, hey, do what you want, you know? God, yeah, he probably wasn't worried about it yeah, at all. But, I mean, it still takes courage. I think sort of the humorous part for me is if you look at it, 
he tells the king, you are serving blind, deaf, and dumb gods. I mean, he, think about it. He says they can't see, they can't hear, and they don't know anything. So they're blind, deaf, and dumb gods that you're serving. And the king probably understood that. Um, but with authority and decisiveness, he told the king that the very root of the problem was the king's religion. And that took some intestinal fortitude. Um, and unfortunately, that religion was leading him into a life of idolatry and moral lawlessness. But we see that even today in a lot of the other so-called religions and cults. And we deal with those things. See, the problem is he insulted the one true living God. And he was going to pay the price because no man holds the lease on their own life. And it's, it's important that we understand that. And there's a lot of people that still believe that they control their own life, and they really don't. In Job 12:10, it says this, In whose hands is the soul of every living thing and every breath of all mankind? God. What does Isaiah say? Somebody read Isaiah 42, 5 for us. It's God. It's the Lord. But how many people do we know, co-workers, friends, relatives, that just don't believe that and they don't accept that? We all know somebody. And while it's heartbreaking and sad, there's many times when they shut us out and they say, we don't want to hear no more. All you can do is pray that God will send somebody they will listen to. Every man, woman, and child is dependent upon God for their very existence. But Belshazzar denied that truth. He didn't believe it, and he didn't hear it. So, Daniel's statement here completes his explanation of what he's getting ready to interpret for the king. And at this point, the word was going to be final, and unfortunately fatal for the king. Um, do you think, I put in your notes that I believe the king, you know, sensed that there was going to be no way he was going to uh, avert or, or be able to get away from the judgment. But do you think he understand how drastic it was? Probably not. I was wondering about that today as, as I finished this up one more time and looked at it and read over it, if he really thought and concluded in his mind that, that he may not live the next day or his kingdom may be taken away from him that night. Because you remember, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, who was at the gates of the city when they started this party? The Medes and the Persians. They were at the wall. They were, they were already on their territory. But do you think he thought, well, he didn't seem too concerned about it initially, did he? So I just wonder. Do you think he just controlled everything? He didn't have to worry about it? I mean, was he that obsessed with himself? Could be. Oh, 
Could be. Yeah. It's not going to happen to me. Yeah. 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 The, the writings are in the Chaldean language and, and those, all those sorcerers and astrologers and, and wise guys that he called in, they all knew the words, but they didn't understand the significance behind the words and the, and the heavenly interpretation of God's hand writing on the wall. Only Daniel could do that. So let's read those next verses and see what it says. Everything up to this point, all right? Um, this is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, parsin. And some verses say, uparsin, uparsin. This is what the words mean. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, now there's, we're going to need an explanation for that in a minute. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persians were the ones at the gate. Right? So he's, 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 now he's starting to see the big picture, I think. But it's too late. He says, then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylons, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at age 62. So what, what just happened? He was taken out in, in just a matter of maybe minutes or hours. And he never really believed it was coming. So let's look at these four words. It's actually three words, if we think about it. Many, many, tekel, abharsin. In the original language, there's two different variations of many. The first one, the first interpretation, means numbered, weighted, and division. If you put them in a verb form, it means numbered, weighted, and divided. And Daniel's telling him this. And he says, God had numbered thy kingdom and finished it. The kingdom had, had reached its limits of its duration. God had fixed the duration of Babylon as that ruling empire over the world. And the day of its destruction had come. He was taking it out. He's taking it out. And there was no possible extension of time available. But the second mene denotes a calculation God's decisions are carefully calculated. It's not haphazard. It's not uh, um, done without a lot of thought. He said he, Daniel 21 says, he changes times and seasons, 221. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And we saw that in the first part of Daniel. Belshazzar was one of the basest of men that had ruled that kingdom. Um, and his numbers were, his days were numbered. He was doomed from the get-go. And, and his number was up. So that calculation took care of that. The decision is announced by messengers and the holy ones, Daniel 4.17 said, 
The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of men. So there's a big difference. Tekel means thou art weighted in the balances and you are found wanting. You know, he didn't measure up. No matter how much weight he had on him physically, from a spiritual standpoint, he was as light as a feather as compared to what God was doing in there. The scales of God weighed accurately. God deals with exactness. He deals in justice. And he's competent to weigh every man's life with perfect accuracy. But it's not just the man that was measured. It was the whole kingdom. And the whole kingdom was subject to this destruction. And then you have the last part. Um, well, let's look at a couple of verses here. Job 31, 6 says, Let God weigh me in honest scales, and he will know that I am blameless. Of course, that's Job talking to his buddies. <laughs> Some buddies. Um, Genesis 18, 25 says, Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Genesis 18, 25 says. In Proverbs 16, 2 says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. It's the motives that count the most. And I think a lot of people do not understand that. It's the motives that count the most. So a parsin, there's, there's two words that come off of that. Peres, the P-E-R-E-S, and pars, P-A-R. But they mean similar things. Peres, or a parsin, means thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes. Farsin, just without the U-P in it, is a plural of the word Perez. The two forms are suggested a double meaning, to break or divide or be divided, to be broken apart. So when it's broken apart, what it's saying is those elemental parts of the kingdom are going to be broken into smaller pieces. So the kingdom, the Babylon kingdom didn't transfer to the Medes and the Persians intact, it was broken apart by the two of them and each one took a portion. The kingdom was given to the Medes and uh, the Persians after it was broken up. This dual kingdom remained only for a short time. The Medes had a smaller portion and they didn't keep it for about a year, maybe 15 months is, is the theory there. And it passed, the whole kingdom then passed completely to the uh, Persians. So that's something to think about. Um, while Daniel was given the interpretation, of course, the Medes and the Persians were already on Babylon soil, and the judgment was very swift, as we just read. Belshazzar could not have expected the end to come so soon or so quickly and suddenly. There's no wall high enough nor thick enough, and we've talked about the dimensions of that wall. Remember, six chariots could ride across the top of it abreast. Um to prevent a nation from falling when God pronounces that nation's doom. You know what? That is the thing that scares me about the United States. I think there's some people in the United States that think we are impenetrable. 
just like these guys did. That was Babylon's last night. There is a last night for every nation and a last night for every individual. Every nation and every man will be held accountable to God. Some of them just don't believe it yet. So I put in there a preview of the future and what this may mean to us in, in our present day times. Um, Babylon uh, represents more than the Chaldean Empire of the time of Nebuchadnezzar. In its final form, and the final form is, is Babylon that's coming, represents the great religious political system in the last days. We see it in the Lord's description of Laodicean church in those last days. Revelation 3.17 says, you say I am rich. Do you remember what we read in chapters 2 and 3 and 4 about how they had all the gold and all the silver and all the wealth and all the material items that they could possibly want? Well, isn't that what's going to happen in the end times? He says, you say I'm rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And that's exactly where Belshazzar was that night. Today there's a mad pursuit of worldly pleasure, craze for sports, uncontrolled eating and drinking, and a false sense of security and prosperity. And we see it over and over and over again. But, mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy, Second Timothy says. Are we seeing that today? Everywhere. Everywhere. Unfortunately, the doom of Babylon only foreshadows the doom of Babylon, the great mother of harlots and the abominations of God of earth, rather, in Revelation 17.5. God will take care of all this in the end. Belshazzar never thought the possibility of his mighty empire being overthrown that quickly or in this manner. The same kind of idols will be worshipped in the end days. Idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood. Belshazzar is, is the exponent of an ungodly world leader at the end of the age. He actually represents the Antichrist. Not an Antichrist, but the Antichrist. Because we know there's multiple Antichrists that are coming before the end comes. But he represents the Antichrist. The writing of the world may not be on the wall, but it's indelibly inscribed in the scriptures by the same hand. The spirit of the Babylonian, Babylonianism has never changed, it, and it never will it's going to continue on earth until the Lord returns. It's sad, but we, we have this problem that's overwhelming in its mindset. And there, I don't think there's any way we can escape it. Um, Colossians 2.14 says, Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it, to his cross. We have to remember, Christ came to take all that stuff away, but it's only if we allow him to take it away. And many, many times people will not. So, 
We have to be careful of that. Questions, thoughts? Do you think he, do you think Belshazzar thought maybe after Daniel said something and he gave Daniel the gifts that maybe Daniel would say a prayer and his kingdom would be spared? Probably. Yeah, maybe. Say it, say it a little louder. Maybe he thought he'd get a second chance. Maybe he thought he'd get a second chance. Yeah. 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 Over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 amazing because we just don't know. Maybe he believed that there would be a possibility. History repeats itself. Yeah, it does, unfortunately. Yeah, Jack. Your comment about you being concerned because of what's going on in the United States. Uh, I read somewhere not, not too awful long ago that most great nations last from 200 to 250 years before they disappear. And I think we're really close to that. Uh, well, think about this. Think about these things here. The final Babylon in the last days, do we see it rising up today in the ecumenical movements of the larger churches? Think about the, 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 the expounding of some of these ecumenical leaders about the progress that's being made in the world, one world religion. Does that concern you guys? Okay, concerns me a little bit. Um, but here, here's the thing we have to remember. Underneath all of it is, is the infidelity that's coming out. And as, as we finished up and read Revelation and we understood Revelation, we know that's coming. And my concern is not for myself. My concern is for my grandchildren. My concern is for those generations that are coming up behind us to make the appropriate decisions and for us to encourage them in the way that we need to encourage them. Now, we can't force them kicking and dragging to make that decision, but, but we want them to make that decision, right? So we have to think about this. Just as that great civilization of Babylon fell first at that time, there'll be, an, there'll be a time when that, this, this great world empire of Gentiles will come to an end too. It's coming. But we have to think, you know, the whole thing was, was, was an inception. All this one world religion, all this Gentile world, all these things, all these false worshiping, it was, it was implemented basically by Nimrod when he started Babylon. And judgment almighty is going to come, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. But we can, we can tarry it so that people have more time by praying and by reaching out and ministering to others the way we're doing. So we need to keep up the good work. Anything else? Questions, thoughts? I think that's the only reason Christ doesn't come, because he wants everybody to be with him. So he's causing, you know. He wants to give them the opportunity, at least. I mean, there, I... I, I don't know how much farther we can go to be any worse than that. Yeah, oh, well... Oh, yeah. I'm I'm scared to th I'm 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 scared to think of that one. Mm -hmm. How much further we can go. That's right. All right. Questions? Thoughts? Yeah.
making a comment. He's not afraid. <laughs> well, but still thank you with it. <laughs> yeah. I said the uh, king himself, in his heart, really knew that he was doomed. Yeah. And uh, he just thought it's not going to be right away, but it was. Yeah. You know, God's going to do what he's going to do. I think that would have been sort of a culture shock to realize all of a sudden the Medes and the Persian had breached the gates. Uh, all right. Anyone else? All right. Well, let's go to prayer then. Um, one sound person, one IT guy. <laughs> oh, okay, Leonard. <laughs> strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in separate ways and uh, uh, remember all, the, all these uh, requests Lord uh, health and 
our church, Lord. We pray that your spirit would be continue to be here among us and uh, touching our hearts with your spirit. And we, uh, we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I 